Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. We are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer, looking to share big adventures with you and help with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Absolutely. Boy, we had a, a long week of camping. We did. This past week. That was terrific. Yeah. Uh, we got to go to Clear Lake Campground again. We are working on a project with Lisa, who's part of the family of ownership over there. Yeah. And so we'll keep you up to date as that unfolds. It's uh, basically workshops for first time and new RVers. So we should be making some announcements very soon. Yeah, we developed the content and tips and all that. And now we're just working on the handouts and the slides and all of that stuff. Yep. So there you go. So something to look forward to. If you would like to join us in Northern California, we have some other places we may be doing this, but for now we have three dates in Northern California for this. So something to look forward to. So listen up because we'll be making announcements of when our dates are going to be. You can look at our online RV show calendar, which is pretty sparse at the moment, unfortunately. Sadly. But, well, this will be on it. So there you go. Right. Speaking of new and exciting i (laughs) as some of you may know i used to write a syndicated column about cars and so i still have my friends and all that in the automotive industry and i got to talk to them about the 2021 f-150 and i was very excited about this vehicle because one of the engine choices is their 3.5 liter v6 ecoboost their turbocharged v6 that has a hybrid system where basically there's a generator integrated into the automatic transmission that acts as an additional boost giving it even more pulling power but working off a set of lithium batteries so it's sort of a hybrid powertrain interesting yeah but the more exciting thing about that is if you order it with the right options it can then also be a generator so you don't have to bring like for charging our batteries yeah for a travel trailer or whatever or charging your tools or that sort of thing so you could literally likely you know if you're in the construction field you could show up at a job site that has no power and use your f-150 but i was looking at it as i could tow my trailer to a boondocking spot and just use the f-150 as as the generator so, so that's, that would be enough power to run the air conditioner and things like oh, that yeah yeah it's a 30 amp plug wow. on that's a little different than the 30 amp plugs we use as our veers but it will work well that's pretty exciting yeah, then. it kind of is and you know i i really like the f-150 i've had one I sold it with 260,000 miles like that, on it yeah. and only sold it because i screwed up my knee and couldn't shift it anymore and now my friend is still driving the thing so there you go although that's in the days before they were loaded with electronics and of course like every other modern 
pick-em-up truck. The new F-150 is loaded with electronics. Well, yeah, like a generator. <laughs> well, there's that. But also, you know, digital instruments and all that. Although, I, I think Ford has done a good job with this. So, you know, remains to be seen how well this all works, but certainly cool. Sounds cool. Yeah, really good towing. Anyway, there's an article on stressless camping. It's got great towing capacity and slightly restyled the exterior, even though Ford says all new but it's, you know, pretty Still darn new. Still looks like a Ford F-150. Yeah, pretty darn new. Cool generator feature, great towing, and lots of other electronic schlabongles to help Those with towing. Those don't even cost extra, those schlabongles? Oh, you know they do. There's <laughs> cameras that can practically see around your trailer and cameras that'll spot the space aliens and just, you know, all kinds of whiz-bangery. But hey, those things are important. Yeah, whiz-bangery. You gotta know when the aliens are coming. That's right. <laughs> Especially if you're going to Roswell. Anyway, check out the article. It's not as silly as we are. It's over there. On stresslesscamping.com. And in the meantime, while you're on your way to check that out, check out the FMCA too. They're a great organization. In fact, hey, we have an ad for them. We love being part of the largest club of RVers with events, rallies, tours, resources, and more. And you can be too. That's the FMCA, and it's not just for motorhomes anymore. Now any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their fantastic benefits. Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or location. But there are other great resources too, like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, and so much more. And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency on the road. Yes, and we signed up for the FMCA's Roadside Assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been part of the FMCA for years. Plus, of course, we've got a good deal for you. New members can save $10 on an FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our discounts and deals page at stresslesscamping.com. Join us and other RV enthusiasts at an upcoming rally or gathering and save money in the process. Now Now that's that's stressless camping. camping. It is. Stressless camping indeed. Absolutely. The FMCA is, you know, we mentioned gatherings and such, and they are planning to have some. There aren't any at the moment, but there are chapters that are cool stuff that you might be interested in. One of my favorites is the Golden Spike chapter, which is about trains. And don't forget the frustrated maestros that's right which is <laughs> for those of us who singers, have singers and musicians yeah absolutely i bring my washboard to every fmca rally for those of you who aren't quite ready for a rally we wanted to give you some tips and some ideas about how to set up your camp safely and efficiently and quickly so that you can get to the next part of your weekend or your trip and so we have kind of a checklist of sorts of things that you need to remember when you're getting set up at camp. Yeah, this weekend or this past week when we were camping, there was a lot of new RVers there. And there was one family, I just felt so bad for them. They had a brand new motorhome. The whole family was there, I think, from grandchildren to grandparents. Nine people in one RV. And they were just having trouble after trouble. I I just, I felt so bad for them. And this was their first outing and they had driven nine hours 
to be in this campground with us. And then just to, Their come, very just first, to yeah. try and figure out, not only figure out new things to you, but I think they were, I don't know if they were genuinely having problems or they just didn't, you know, they were just struggling because they weren't sure what to do. So. Yeah, I just felt so bad for them. It was not stressless camping. And not we, we tried them. to help, of course, but they were calling the dealer a lot. And, uh, anyway, so this is tips for basically when you're setting up. And actually, kind of the first tip is to practice at home. We don't really recommend picking up your RV and going straight nine hours away. Go home or go to the nearest campground that's near your house, near your dealer, and get yourself some practice. Practice setting up and taking down and, you know, make sure that you understand what you're going to be doing before you go really far away with a whole bunch of people. A lot of dealers have a favorite local campground that they are affiliated with in some way. So you might look at that, ask your dealer, hey, where should I take it my first night or two? And just try things out, make sure everything works, but also just get used to stuff. Because when you go through that pre-delivery inspection, when you go through that walkthrough that the dealers do, some of them do a really great job of it and some of them honestly don't. But no matter what, it is so much information, it's really difficult to absorb. And so I would always recommend people bring another somebody, maybe even two somebodies, and a notepad and all that and write all this stuff down as they're going through it. Try out everything when you're still close to the dealership, if at all possible. Just kind of a side note on that is, if you won't take that piece of advice... Take this one. There's a rule, the 2-200 rule, or even the 3-300 rule that says stop by 2 or 3 o'clock in the evening and don't drive more than 2 or 300 miles because you're going to be, it's going to be late, could be getting dark, you're going to be tired and hungry, and then to have trouble and try to figure things out and struggle with problems when you're already that exhausted is you know, makes it just that much worse. So it's always a good idea to plan to stop traveling by two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it sounds like, come on, I can pull this off. But truthfully, that comes from a lot of RVers who've been doing this a lot longer even than we have. And it, it is good advice. It's no fun to get to the campground and then, oh, what are we having for dinner? And oh, shoot, this thing doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. So 300 miles driving in your car, just going from point A to point B, isn't that hard. But doing that in an RV, it's just more tiring. There's more brain power involved, if nothing else, even if it's not physically more difficult. Yeah, well, you're fighting the other people and fighting the wind and all that. Right. I mean, heck, I can easily pull a 12-hour day in the Honda, but pulling a trailer, not so much. Right. Next thing, checklists. Checklists make for stressless camping. And we have an article about checklists. And we'll put a link to it in our show notes, which are with every episode, and it's got links and tips and and more information. We have a a number of downloadable checklists 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 <laughs> and it's well worth having them it's amazing how much trouble they can keep you away from so you got there at two or three o'clock you read your checklist the first thing that we always recommend people do when they find their site their actual space that they're going to camp in before you back into it even is get out your surge suppressor and plug it into the power port this has saved us on several occasions where we've plugged into the power pedestal there and the surge suppressor reported an error and so 
that is the moment where we could say this isn't going to work for us. And before you go to all the trouble to back in and unhook and anything else, you want to know that you're going to have power. And that it's clean power because you don't want damage to your rig. So that's the first thing we do is before we even back in, we plug in the surge suppressor. Make right. sure everything is A-OK. And that takes, you know, maybe a minute for the surge suppressor to kind of search through everything and let you know if there's no errors or anything. So let's say you're in good shape there. And now you're ready to back into that space. One of the biggest fears people have is backing an RV. For and good I'm, reason. I'm one of those people. Well, yeah, it's I a, wouldn't say it's a fear. I, it's, a, it's something I have not had enough practice in. And so I still really need help. Okay. And we have a number of ways to make this backing easier. Of course, if you're with a somebody else, that really makes the whole process easier because what they should do, well, you could each have a walkie-talkie. That's a plus. That's a super plus. And then what they do is they stand where you are basically going to have the corner of the RV or close to it. You don't obviously want to hit them because that's <laughs> never fun because boy, the language, ooh, doggies. But seriously, they have are them not s- a target. They are right. just an assistant. <laughs> Depends. How long have you been married? Hey, I'm now. just kidding. <laughs> One of the things that I had told Peggy when we first started doing this with the trailer was look up because branches or other stuff you know you kind of survey the whole area now usually if you're in a developed campground it's not as much of a opportunity to do damage but no but if you're in a if you're in a campground that's been around for a while and has big mature trees and the sites aren't very big there's a good possibility that there's going to be a branch that you're going to need to make sure that you miss Yeah. And so, you know, just kind of evaluate the whole situation. Practice your backing with your backing partner because hand signals or comments, things that you understand as the driver is really important to know. And we're absolutely not going to tell you what your hand signal should be or even what your verbal signal should be. Everyone has their way of doing these things. I, When I guide Tony, I say things that nobody else is going to say, but it works for us to make sure that we're, and I don't mean that in the bad way. No, no. I, but- I do say those things, but I don't click the walkie-talkie on first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So what if you don't have a helper, though? Yeah. So one of the things that has helped me is I always have, you know, an LED lantern with me. And I have put that, you know, I've gone and surveyed this site by myself. And I put the lantern essentially where I want the corner of the RV and turn it on. And then it becomes a really easy thing to aim for. Again, sort of a target, but you don't want to run yeah, over it. You don't it. want to run over your lantern. I've also seen people with series of cones. So they set out cones on both sides and they sort of make themselves a landing strip of sorts. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Just something like that. Uh, some campsites have visual things like a rock or whatever. So just have something you can use as a, as a target or a sort of a goal. I've backed into sites at night by myself again breaking the 3300 rule (laughs) and every other rule it was anyway but the lantern thing really really helped me out all right so you're pretty much in your space you may we're going to talk about leveling in a second so you're you're very close to the space you're going to end up in. Yep. You get out and maybe you want to look at the level bubble that's on the front of your camper or something. Don't do that and don't let your spotter do that unless the truck is 
out of gear in park and with the parking brake set. Yeah, don't get between. Well, if you have a travel trailer, don't get between the truck and the trailer without the truck being in park or out of gear with the parking brake set or if you have a motorhome with a toad or whatever it's just the chance of something going badly is there and you want to minimize that because you don't want to cut your camping trip short because you basically ran over your partner yeah this is not good no that's super bad so you're 90 percent in and now all you have to do is level most phones have a level on them i know on an iphone which is what we use in one of the apps there it actually has a level and we use that and we also put bubble levels on the outside of our travel trailer so what we do is for a travel trailer it To me, it's a little easier. All you have to really worry about is side to side. So the left to right level, because you are then going to use your tongue jack to level front to back once right. the vehicle's After, unhooked. Yeah, yeah. And we really like those Anderson yeah, leveling the Anderson wedge. Level wedge, but now Camco has some short ones that are really good for two axle trailers. Right. So we have a single axle, so we don't need to worry about getting the wedge or anything between the two tires. But if you do have a double axle and you need to lift one of those tires, Camco's wedge is a little bit shorter. It fits between two tires. And the wedges are so easy to use because it's literally like a curved wedge You put the small side directly under your tire, and then you drive up onto it. They're really terrific, and it just simplifies. And you could use these for motorhomes, too. You put the wedges under one, you know, your front and back tires and back or drive onto them. And the further you drive, the higher the thing goes. And so you can accommodate, I think it's four inches with these things i think it might be yeah and if you're more unlevel than that yeah well and and not that it doesn't happen because it has happened and then we've used other methods doran state beach well even worse was that koa oh my god i forgot about i was yeah boy we were building legos up for that site like mad yes i thought i was gonna have to borrow the neighbor's set of legos yeah that that was an unlevel site so okay so now your level side to side in a trailer and all four sides in a motorhome depending on what you're traveling in now especially in a trailer before you even think about unhooking the thing put your wheel chucks behind and in front of your tires yes and don't get the cheap ones by all means get the good like the commercial heavy truck ones right so we started out with the kind of hard plastic little triangle shape which you know, sure, fine, if you're on level space and your trailer's not going to move anyway. But we broke one. Um, I think we accidentally <clears throat> threw one in the trash or something. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have heavy-duty, like, rubber there was there was plastic kind of i I don't know what they're what they are they're not yeah they're like they're not like a wheel material but they're pretty heavy and they're kind of squishy rubber yeah they're they're really good well we'll put a link to those these things we camped behind a friend's shop in la in an alley that would make any street in san francisco jealous in terms of the steepness of the hill and i wasn't worried hardly at all because of these great wheel chocks so Notice I said hardly at all. <laughs> yeah, you don't want you don't want to be worried all the time every time you move around that your trailer's going to roll. Yeah, and especially that's bad. so when we're at Clear Lake Campground, we get a site that's right by the creek, and it is unlevel because it's angled toward the creek, of yeah. course, and so. 
you don't want to you don't want to worry that every time you roll over in bed you're gonna knock yourself off your wheel chocks and uh. roll into the creek <laughs> then you could see how long your rv floats right so get some good wheel chocks i know we're spending your money with this episode well we're always trying to spend a little of your money well yeah but anyway there because you go misery loves company <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah when you get thank you notes from jeff bezos right i'm, I'm kidding so then you're going to set your jacks. Now, of course, if you have an automatic leveling system, you don't have to worry about the level. Obviously, you do whatever it takes to push the button or flip the switch or whatever it is, and then zip, 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 your RV is level. Okay, so naturally that didn't apply to you. If you have a motorhome, usually what levels it? Well, depends on the motorhome is, you know, your side to side and front to back level that you might be driving on the levels or a lot of those have automatic leveling systems as well but if you are in a travel trailer then let's say you know you've got your level side to side you've got your wheel chocks put in place and they're solid now you go to unhook the trailer and what we do is we first obviously unhook the ball but we don't unhook the chains until we're sure that trailer's not going anywhere. Right. And once the ball has com- gone completely loose from the truck and we know absolutely the trailer's not moving, then we'll unhook the chains before yes. we move the truck away. So then we use, we have a power tongue jack on ours, but even if you have a crank one, manual crank one, that's how you level the trailer front to back. So now you've got it level side to side by either driving on your levelers or whatever it is, or maybe the side is really level, which is awesome. And now you use the tongue jack basically to level the trailer front to back. So now you've got a perfectly level trailer or RV. And you know that with either your phone or you have bubble levels or whatever you like to do. Can I just remind people that the reason you want to be level is not so much so that you're comfortable. It's so that your refrigerator works properly. Right. If you have a gas absorption fridge, which is what most RVs have, they need to be within three degrees of level to work properly and also not have undue wear. So you want the RV as level as possible. Also, you don't want to be rolling out of bed in the middle of the night, right? right? I mean, that's Or sleeping with your head downward and all the blood rushes to your head. I have a headache. But aside from that comfort level, it is important for if you have a refrigerator that runs like that, that you need to have your RV level. Yeah. Hey, is your refrigerator running? (laughs) (laughs) I can't even answer you. (laughs) Better get it before it runs out of the campground. Okay, so now you're going to put down the jacks on your trailer. If, if again, we're going to talk about your travel trailer. Those jacks are not leveling jacks. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. For the vast majority of travel trailers, those jacks are what they call stabilizer jacks, not leveling jacks. So they're not really designed to lift the trailer per se. So again, you want the tongue jack and the wheels to basically be what levels the trailer. And then those jacks are stabilizer jacks to kind of keep it from wiggling and all of that. And by the way, I found a neat, well, I didn't find it. It was on a a Facebook forum. There are jack locks that keep it from loosening while you're camping. Oh, yeah, that'd be good to know because we pretty much need to go back outside and 
like we never go outside. Yeah. <laughs> Every couple of days we need to go out and just kind of give those stabilizers just a quarter crank because they just always seem to come loose from the ground or yeah. whatever, whatever it is that they do. I guess they unwind or whatever. Whatever it is, yeah, we have to go and, and reseat them. Right. So we have those locks coming. Let you know what you think. Let you know what we think. You already know what you think. (laughs) So those stabilizer jacks, when you put those down, you want them to just reach the ground, but you don't want them to lift the trailer. Yeah, but snug is is good. Because obviously, if you've already got yourself level and then you try to lift that, put that stabilizer too far down, then you're going out of level too. Also, some of the larger two-axle trailers, you might consider x chocks which go between the two axles if you find the trailer is is still wiggly with everything sat there's a lot of people who have good things to say about those x chocks so those are for stabilizing those are not like wheel chocks right well i think they're wheel chocks as well but they're really to help stabilize the trailer they kind of pinch in between the two tires on each side so they kind of hold the tires from rolling so i guess that yeah yeah all right so we're level we now have the refrigerator on because we didn't travel with it on. <clears throat> and we have our electricity plugged in yep. because we've already checked with the surge suppressor to make sure that the electricity was good coming from the power pole. And now it's time to hook up the water. Woohoo! Now what we like to do is go in and make sure all of the faucets are turned off. Right. <laughs> or have somebody in the trailer, again, still with the walkie-talkie or in the RV, and then you have a hose just for drinking water it's not the same hose you use to rinse your black tank no because there is a hose for that well there can be. well sure and there are hoses that are made specifically for drinking water and if you're of an age you probably drank out of hoses that weren't necessarily for drinking water when you were a kid and you survived and you think yeah who cares but they're really not all not all hoses are made for drinking water and if you're going to be using it quite a bit you probably want something that's not going to add extra lead or something to your water they claim some like garden hoses have lead or other chemicals in them the drinking water once again the selling point supposedly is that they're able to maintain pressure for extended periods of time because you've got it hooked up to your rv and there's no lead they're drinking water safe so there you go so you hook up your hose and then we put a pressure regulator on and we used to have just a little the cheap one that came with yeah, the trailer and it just kind of hooked onto the hose and all it did was i guess just made a smaller hole so there was less pressure coming through and we didn't like it very well so we got an actual regulator with a yeah it's got a gauge on it dial looking gauge so that we can tell that we're at the right pressure and it makes a difference the rv plumbing is you know it's all that pex or plastic plumbing and it's only designed to be good for a certain pressure and if the campground pressure is pretty high and then everyone all of a sudden shuts off their water then you don't want to be the one at the end of that line so right again it's another of those little safety things but not a bad thing to have a pressure regulator right and then your usually your rv comes with a water filter we actually bypassed the one that was with the rv and we have a triple water filter that we bought 
that we put in line. So we take the hose from the campground and put that into the water filter and then out of the water filter and into the RV. Right. So the pressure regulator is after the water filter. And one of the reasons we kind of went nuts with the fancy water filter is in some of the places that we camped, the water tasted terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. So we're not that picky. I mean, a lot of people just have that simple blue Campco water filter, which is good. And Tony doesn't drink that much water anyway, but I do. And so I don't want to buy bottled water. I'd rather just have that water coming out of the tap the way I do it at home. So the water filter makes sure that what I get out of the tap is decent water for drinking. Out of the tap? Wait, I I always get your water right out of that bowl that we have. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. That's disgusting. See, there's a whole lot of people who are always happy after each of these episodes that they're not married to me. (laughs) Because the episode ended. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Another thing, as long as we're here spending your money, get a decent little first aid kit. You can get a decent one for 20 bucks on the old Amazon. Because you're going to have a headache after I hit you over the head for all those things you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, but it's going to leave a dent in the pan (laughs) like it does with Curly. Yeah, it's not a bad idea to have a first aid kit. Have some Band-Aids and some aspirin and some alcohol swabs. Just the minor things. If there's something major, of course, you're probably going to leave camp and go somewhere to take care of it, but it's always good to have a little bit of stuff. While we're on the safety subject, we did a whole podcast episode, one of our early ones, number 10, about food safety. And a lot of people ignore food safety when they're camping and gosh, you just don't want to end up with food poisoning. It's it's easy to do, but also easy not to do. Absolutely. Again, as long as I'm spending your money, we bought these like bendy they make me think of Gumby, but they're these rubber bendy cable ties. I freaking love those things. And so they're like rubber coated. Yeah. They're wire inside and rubber coated and they come in different sizes and every size is color coded, but they come from little like two inch ones. Yeah. Which are good for your phone cables and stuff. Yeah. To some that are like, I don't know, maybe 12 inches or something. And they bend really nicely and they kind of twist against each other. So you can hold pretty much anything together. Yeah. I really like them. They're cool. It's a great way of keeping your cables and hoses. They're The larger ones are big enough for the big power cable or hoses and such i i don't know i dig them anybody who had a gumby when you were a kid this this reminds me of (laughs) it's the gumby of cable ties (laughs) so the important thing to remember through all this is remember to be flexible speaking of gumby (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) remember to take little problems in stride slow down take it easy When something happens, let it happen and control how you react to it. Because if you let things get to you, things are going to go wrong. I mean, things just are. That's true when you're at home. That's true when you're at work. That's true when you're camping. Things are going to go wrong. Just stay calm and let it happen and take care of it and don't get all stressed out. Try not to let stuff bug you because, you know, you're camping. It's all good. Be flexible and and have fun with it because why not? I mean, other people aren't camping. So that's right. You got one up on them. That's right. 
All right, we will be right back. Uh, we have a word from RV Share. So, without any further ado. We know lots of people who would love to try out stressless camping, but don't have an RV. That's why we love RV Share. It's a great way to test the waters without jumping in with both feet. With RV Share, you can rent other people's RVs so you can experience stressless camping firsthand. It's a great way to decide which RV is right for you. Try motorhomes, travel trailers, or fifth wheels and see what fits your lifestyle. And if you want a safe and secure way to make money with your RV, RV Share is the way to do that safe secure and a great way to start stressless camping so check out rv share on the discounts and deals page on our website today all right well we are back we are back and so is the The list. list we saw this article from believe it or not they're still in business readers digest yeah it was 12 unspoken etiquette rules of rv camping some of which we agree with some of which we don't (laughs) the first one absolutely no matter where you are especially lately people have been so stressed out and i understand but just be cool man be a good neighbor neighbor And, and again and like tony said that doesn't just mean at camp That means at home. That means in the grocery store. That means on Facebook. Just be a good neighbor. Be cool. Be cool. And then uh, the second rule in their 12 rules is know the rules. Remember last week we talked with Lisa Wilson and she recommended that you contact the campground and know what the campground rules are before you go there because maybe your dog's allowed, maybe your dog has a fee, maybe you can only have a certain number of vehicles or a certain number of people per site. It's best if you already know the rules so that you're not surprised when you get there. Here's something that the people at last week's camp out didn't see so some people don't know this i know and so that's why we have this don't cut through someone else's campsite right there are campsites that are definitely designated and you wouldn't cut through somebody's yard at home so don't cut through someone's yard at camp yeah hey Stay off my lawn. Stay off my lawn, you darn kids. <laughs> yeah, whippersnappers. So, and in their defense, there were children, and they had been camping at the site next to ours for about three days before we got there. And so they were used to having an empty space next to them to run around in, and, and that's fine. And they did, and we let them know that now it was our yard. So yeah. they were a lot better after we Yeah, they were pretty. They are really cool people. Yeah. The next one is keep it quiet. What the article suggests is between the hours of 10 p.m. and 8 a.m., keep it quiet. We've had where people have left their outdoor radios on all night long. And, right. and man, there was a KOA that we camped at where I swear it was barely a space big enough for the RV. And, of course, the people next to us had a whole bunch of people and they were having the best time and... It was one of those days where we had to get up early. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Try to be cool. This is true in a campground, and they probably have their own posted rules, but just in general. I mean, even at home and pretty much everywhere I know of, 10 o'clock is a designated quiet time for the like the whole world. Right? Well, so. I mean, for the most right <laughs> in a, in a group situation yeah now and that's one of the beautiful things about boondocking if you're out in the middle of nowhere and no one's around man make all the party you you want want. that's right it's a party 
And that's one of the things I like about boondocking. And also, if you're out in the middle of nowhere boondocking, it won't matter how much space you take up. But in a campground, again, there are sites, there are designated spaces. If we're asking you not to walk through them, we are also asking you not to put your stuff in your neighbor's site. And speaking of stuff, there have been a lot of new people in the RV space and in camping and there have been a lot of complaints about people just leaving things behind. And unlike in a hotel, there is no maid service in campgrounds and that sort of stuff, at least not for the most part, and especially not boondocking and out in the forest or public lands. So if you brought it, take it home with you. Do you remember that old saying, leave nothing but footprints and take nothing but pictures? Yeah. That's what that's, that's what you should be doing. There you go. Exactly that. Keep it clean. The next one, hook it up correctly. I mean, we we just talked all about that. So well, and and I think the point that it makes on there is make sure that you're using the right hookups. <laughs> I did yeah. see some people that went in through pull through spaces the opposite direction, and so they were actually using the power pole of the site next to them. And there were two or three in a row, so it didn't matter very much. But if the guy from the other side pulled in. You have his power, and then what kind of a domino effect are you going to have when everybody has to switch their power? The next one on the list is keep track of your kids. There's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, first of all, kids should be out having a great time, but you do want to kind of keep an eye on them because you don't want anything bad happening to them, and you don't want them to be a problem for your neighbors. Right, and it's not a campground's job to be a babysitter or anything. You're still in charge. They're still your children, and they still need to be under your control and the same with your dogs yeah exactly or your cats or your birds or whatever but keep them on a leash and if they bark don't leave them in camp most campgrounds as far as i know have a rule that you can't leave a dog in a camper anyway especially if your dog doesn't like to be alone and barks a lot zora don't leave it in the camper to bark while you're gone out having a good day and everybody else is listening to your poor little dog in the trailer barking we used to have a dog And this was probably my favorite dog of my life. But my God, she had separation anxiety. And she seemed fine. Then we would leave and the neighbors would call the police. And finally learned that she just barked incessantly when we left, which we didn't know until... And we're talking about at home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not RVing. So barking dog when you're not around is is not a good thing. And speaking of your poochie... Make sure you clean up after them. Yes, please. Nobody wants to step in that. Here's something that's really becoming an issue with the spread of things like the bark beetle and that sort of stuff. Firewood. So the recommendation says use local firewood. Right. However, don't take that to mean that you should go out and gather wood in the forest because in a lot of forests, Ah. that's against the rules as well. Not always, but sometimes that is the best way. But if you are not supposed to gather firewood, again, there's another idea call the campground find out can we have fires what kind of wood do you care should we bring it should we not bring it should we buy it from you just know what the situation is for fire for fires in general yeah that's true there are more and more places especially as you may know if you listen to the podcast regularly we live in northern california and it's an area where we've been evacuated a number of times because of fire and we know a lot of people who have lost everything because of fire so fires up here are a touchy subject and we use a propane fire pit for that reason but transporting wood is an issue for some areas right i think the last one here respect 
shared space. So again, that's true wherever you are, whenever you are, however you are. If it's a shared space, if it's the the pool or the playground or the shower house or, you know, whatever it is, if there's a limited number of them, take the amount of time you need and then move on so the next person can use it. Or if it's a playground, make sure your kids share the playground with other kids or whatever. Just... Be, be good, a good people. Neighbor. Just yeah. be good people. Yeah, be cool. We shouldn't have to tell anybody this. I know. <laughs> well, nobody who listens to the Stressless Camping podcast needs to know. Right. Because they already do, because you're already awesome. Right. Anyway, we'll put a link to that article in the show notes. Do you have something you'd like to add? to that list we'd like to know if you have a tip we have a facebook group which has hundreds of really great people in it we're of course in all the usual social places but you could start at stresslesscamping.com and from there jump off and find us all over the internet and of course we really appreciate when you tell your friends and family i have to say we really appreciate the reviews you have no idea how powerful those are especially in apple podcasts for helping new people find this and my god a lot of new people have found this podcast that's right the numbers are really high so thank you and and it's because of you it's because of your reviews and people see good reviews and then they tend to want to listen and if they don't see any reviews at all eh. yeah so thank you to all of you who have left a review thank you everybody who's listening we really as always we try very hard to provide value in every episode and we hope we have delivered value to you of course if you don't want to miss a future episode of the stressless camping podcast it is free so subscribe in your favorite podcast app or find us on www.stresslesscamping.com that's where we are and uh, we appreciate you being here again this week thank you very much and happy happy camping. camping we hope you learned a lot had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!